Welcome, everybody, to the Live from 1265 podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Johnson, and this is it. This is episode one. So first, I just want to thank everybody for listening, and I just want to describe what this podcast is going to be. It's a podcast solely focused on the Packers. I'm going to be covering all the news and events, going over post-game shows, going over things like the draft and going over the schedule release, all that kind of good stuff. And to start off this podcast, I have a special guest coming on later in the show. He's currently on the Packers, and you guys are going to love the interview we have in store. It was a blast to do it, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And big shout out to that player who you will find out who it is later on in the episode. So stay tuned for that. All right. So might as well not waste any time. Let's get right into the news with the man of the hour. Everyone's been talking about him, whether you're a Packers fan, whether you're a Broncos fan, whether you're an NFL fan, whether you're not even a fan of football. This news shattered headlines. Aaron Rodgers, it all started on April 29th, draft day, where the report that the 49ers offered the Packers a trade for Aaron Rodgers. Turns out this report was false because the players that were offered were Jimmy Garoppolo, Bosa, and three first-round picks, I believe. That deemed to be false. But later on in the day, Adam Schefter reports a couple hours before the draft that Aaron Rodgers is so upset with the Packers He has told some people within the organization that he does not want to return to the team. And this report starts pandemonium. Packers fans lose their mind. After what happened with Brett Favre, I don't blame everyone. Everyone starts absolutely losing. All the other fans of teams are calling or texting their friends saying, yo, like, how can we get Aaron Rodgers? GMs are, it's just pandemonium. So Schefter also reports that the Packers front office was reportedly so concerned about Rodgers' feelings, especially Matt LaFour, Brian Gutekist, and Mark Murphy, leading them to all fly out on separate trips to visit with Aaron Rodgers at various points this offseason. So that's pretty serious. If your three big guys are flying out to talk to Aaron Rodgers privately on separate occasions throughout the offseason, there's definitely something going on. It's not just Aaron Rodgers is upset that he's not getting paid the highest money or whatever the case may be. So, come draft night now, Packers fans in the world, I would assume, the Packers think they're going to draft a wide receiver night one. They don't. They draft cornerback Eric Stokes. Okay. So everyone's like, well, that's it. Like, that, that's going to be Aaron Rodgers' career. He's done. Like, why would he stay? So, Brian Gudekist holds a press conference after the draft and states, we are not trading Aaron Rodgers. People kind of ask him similar questions. He answers with similar answers, all pretty much saying, we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. He's a key leader on this team. He gives us a chance to win. We are not trading him. So that, that gives Packers fans some confidence. Then he does add that the 49ers did, in fact, make a call to check to see if Aaron Rodgers is available for a trade, and not just the 49ers, several other teams called after the report from Adam Schefter came out well, to the GMs earlier, it came up, but to the public, uh, several other teams did call to check on his availability. So, a few days go by. Aaron Rodgers is asked by Mike Tirico at the Kentucky Derby about the situation. Rodgers says he doesn't want to talk to the media on camera, but he will say that he was upset that the news about the rift with the Packers was leaked to the public. So, he doesn't want to talk to the media, but he's not denying anything that came out. 
He's saying up, he's upset that it was leaked. So now you go on a couple more days down the road. Several Packers players, including uh, including former Rodgers receiver James Joan and uh, fullback John Kuhn, who both played with Rodgers for several years, they publicly speak about the situation, both saying they pretty much believe the situation is definitely fixable and that Rodgers will remain the Packers quarterback this year and hopefully for the foreseeable future. So now, come May, we're out of April now, come May, Ian Rappaport uh, reports that the Packers made Aaron Rodgers a significant long-term contract extension and that there has been some engagement from Rodgers and his camp. So that's a pretty good sign if you're Packers fans. He didn't sign the deal for whatever reason, whatever reason he doesn't want to, whether it wasn't enough money, whether he doesn't want to be here, we don't know. But they did make him an offer, and it was a significant long-term contract extension, quoted from Ian Rappaport. So things kind of go quiet until today of this recording. Since that Ian Rappaport report, there's been really no updates until today. So I'm recording this on Monday, the first day of voluntary OTAs. Aaron Rodgers decides not to show up today to the first day, and throughout his 16-year career, he has made it a point that he's always showed up, even last year during the pandemic when it was all voluntary and it was all online, Aaron Rodgers was still there. So people are saying, oh, he's in Hawaii, which he is, he's in Hawaii, and he doesn't need to show up, it's voluntary. Guys like Tom Brady usually push for veterans not to, just based off of health and other things, but Aaron Rodgers has always gone. So for him not to go, it definitely raises a red flag. People on the, on the team, people with fans, everyone really didn't expect Rodgers to be there. Especially with everything going on, it just didn't make sense for him to all of a sudden just put this under the bridge and just go. So, not showing up today, Rodgers forfeited $500,000 from his contract this year. So $500,000 to any of us listening that's a lot of money. That's a half a million dollars. I mean, to anybody in the world, that's a lot of money. But to a guy like Aaron Rodgers, it's definitely not going to make him poor. But that's still a decent chunk of money to just missing out just because you didn't want to show up to voluntary OTAs. Like, come on. So that's just, it's not something to ignore, okay? So I want to touch base on this. If Aaron Rodgers continues to hold out, he could potentially lose up to $31 million if he holds out this entire season. Okay, so let's we'll just touch base on everything. If he misses minicamp, he'll lose a mere, well, not mere, but again, to him, ninety-three grand. Not horrible. If he doesn't show up for training camp, he will lose $5.41 million. If he doesn't play during the regular season and decides to hold out, he could lose $25 million, all adding up to $31 million in total losses. Now that's insane. So for this guy, he the initial report is he's upset. He doesn't want to return. He wants to be traded, wants to be released, wants out. Okay. So the Packers are adamant, we don't want to trade him. They've still said that to this day, that they do not want to trade him. Nothing's changed. Absolutely nothing has changed. 
the Packers want him to be their long-term quarterback. They want him there. At least that's what they're saying. But Aaron Rodgers hasn't publicly spoken since this report's come out. He's never tweeted saying, all this is fake. He's never went on a talk show and said, hey, maybe the reporter should get their facts straight. This isn't what I said. He never said, hey, I want to be in Green Bay for the rest of my career. He never said any of this. If you think back to the end of last year after the NFC Championship game, he said, I can't confirm anything, and that my future with the Packers, along with everybody else's, are always uncertain, because you just can't guarantee anything. And that right there sparked red flags last year, and people were up in arms about that. So for him to say that, and then for all of this to happen, it's definitely interesting. And I remember watching an interview on the Pat McAfee show from last year. It was after that statement was made. He said that he was just pretty much saying that you never know what could happen. It's a business. And then he said he loves Green Bay. He loves the fans. He loves the team. He loves the front office. But he said there's definitely talks that need to be had and that he's going to have those talks, whether it's with Brian Gutekist, Mark Murphy, Matt LaFour, whoever it may be, he needs to have those talks. But he said that's not out of the normal. He said that he has those talks with, again, whoever it needs to be, every year in the offseason, just to say, hey, here's how I think the team can be better. Here's what I need you to do to help the team get better. Let's get it done. Because, again, this is one of the best quarterbacks to ever touch the football, if not one of the best players in NFL history to ever touch the football. So if you're the Packers and you had what happened with Brett Favre, and now it almost seems to be happening again, it's, it's just insane. This whole situation from April 29th, up until this point, it's just, there's been no public speaking, like I said, from Aaron Rodgers. It's been all reporters and all the Packers front office. So there's definitely a rift between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But to what extreme? We don't really know. Because until he speaks, I don't think we truly understand what's going on. We still don't know if he wants more money. We don't know if he wants security. We don't know if he wants them to add someone like Julio Jones, who is reportedly in the trade market. We don't know what truly caused the rift. Ian Rappaport mentioned in his initial tweet back in May that this has stemmed since last year when the Packers drafted Jordan Love in the first round. That Aaron Rodgers was really upset that night that they drafted his potential successor and didn't get him help when they were one win away from the Super Bowl, falling short in the NFC Championship game to the 49ers, of course. Which is understandable. If you're Aaron Rodgers, okay, that team goes 13-3, and three, and you're one win away. You're, like, you're one of the best teams in the NFC, and you go and draft a quarterback. To him, that's a slap in the face. To fans, to reporters, that's a slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers. If you're Brian Gutekist, and you're the Packers' front office, your job is to win. Not just this year, not just the next year, but years down the line. That's how these GMs keep their jobs. That's how these coaches keep their jobs. They need to continuously win, not just go on a two-year winning streak because that's how you get cut. Look at the Rams, who a couple years ago spent so much money in free agency, gave up so much draft capital. They did all that, and then when they didn't do what they wanted to do, it, it just it didn't sit right with fans. It didn't sit right with the NFL. There's just... You don't want to overcommit on a year where you can't guarantee you're going to win, is what I'm trying to say. So if you're Brian Gutekus and you're the Packers front office, drafting Jordan Love wasn't intended to be disrespect to Aaron Rodgers. 
Aaron Rodgers was still playing at a decently high level. And I think it's just solely, you have a guy who apparently they thought was a generational talent going into the draft. The Packers front office saying that. And that he somehow fell into the late 20s and they expected him to be gone well, well, well before then. And when you're sitting there and a run of wide receivers go right before your pick, which is what everyone assumed to be going, the Packers to be going for. They assumed to be rumored in Justin Jefferson, guys like that. When all those guys get picked, picks before you, and you're looking at the board, in my opinion, here's your options. You look at it, you say, hey, all the receivers we wanted are gone. Hey, we could take a linebacker, a cornerback, whatever the case may be, or we could trade back. So you're sitting there and you're like, all right, what do we do? What do we do? Jordan Love, you look at the board, Jordan Love's still there. The guy you thought was a generational talent that you didn't think would make it anywhere close to your pick is still there at pick 26. So you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to call Miami. I believe it was Miami. Don't quote me on that, but I'm 99.9% sure it was Miami. You say, Miami, let's make a deal. You trade up a few spots, draft Jordan Love. Now, they publicly have said it time and time again. Jordan Love was never intended to start, whether it was that year, the year after, or even possibly the near year after that. They always said he was a project quarterback that needed time to develop. He has the talent. He has the arm. He has the potential. But he's not there yet. He needs time. And what better way to do it than what Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre did? Granted, it's a different situation. Favre was contemplating retirement. Rodgers was drafted, again, because he fell. No one expected him to be there. But now, why not have Jordan Love sit for three to four years behind Aaron Rodgers? Sure, you could say it's a waste of a first-round pick for those four years, but you're not going to say that when you look back at Aaron Rodgers' career. He sat for three years. So, like, you just got to think about it that way. I My thoughts honestly change each day on the situation. One day, I think... Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers deserves better. He deserves out of Green Bay. He deserves to go do what Brady did and go to the Bucks and build a super team. Like, he deserves that. He deserves that. He deserves five rings. He deserves ten rings. That guy deserves the world. But at the end of the day, he's had guys like Jordy Nelson. He's had Devontae Adams, who's arguably the best receiver in the NFL, who had hit a historic, and I mean historic year, not even playing a full season. I believe he played... 13 games, roughly. That's insane. For what he did this year, and Rodgers wins MVP. So again, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're saying, hey, I just won MVP. You guys drafted my successor. Of course I'm upset. Get me help. And in free agency, the Packers added no offensive weapons besides a few not lesser-name players. I won't say no-name players. But nobody big that made the headlines. In the draft, they do get in the third round Amari Rodgers from Clemson. That's a nice pick. Packers fans are very happy about that. And that definitely gives Aaron Rodgers a guy like Randall Cobb, who's who he's being compared to, which Rodgers hasn't really had in a while. He had MVS in the slot, but MVS has shown inconsistency with many Packers fans with his drops. But it's just a complicating situation. One day, like I said, I think he'll be there, and I think he'll be the quarterback under center week one. And then another report comes out or something is said, and I'm like, wow, maybe he won't. Maybe th- this is really it. Like, I come to think of it, I really didn't expect his last game to be against the Bucks, and that heartbreaking loss. If that truly is it, I just I wasn't ready for it. I didn't know that would be his last game. So 
<laughs> of course I want him to be on the team next year. I want him to be on the team for the next 30 years. He's my all-time favorite player in the NFL. He's someone I've looked up to. But at the same time, the Packers begin this season at the lowest salary cap. They're, I believe they're negative $23 million, or roughly around there, to begin the season next year. So if you didn't sign any free, agencies, uh, free agents this year, don't expect them to do anything in free agency next year either because they are so in the hole, and it's partly due to Aaron Rodgers' large salary hit. And they got guys like Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, that need contract extensions next year, contracts be picked up or something. And then don't that doesn't even bring up the rest of the roster, let alone free agency, let alone your draft class. It's a continuing spiral snowball effect of this salary cap that's just going to continue to be pushed farther down the road. They pushed it down this year. Who's to say they don't do it next year? But eventually, you're going to need to free up some money. And my personal thoughts, people aren't going to like this. I think this is Aaron Rodgers' last year with the Packers if he plays. Next year, I think, is the year the Packers cut ties with him. Just solely based on the fact that they're going to need money. Falcons fans never thought they'd see the day when Julio Jones was released or cut, traded, whatever the case may be. But right now, you look at that situation. They are so desperate for cap money, they don't have money to sign their draft picks from this year. And there is serious talks about trading Julio Jones. Their franchise receiver, one of the fan favorites, one of the best players in franchise history, is now on the block. Just for the reason you need money. And if you could get three first-round picks, a couple players, which I truly think you could, for Aaron Rodgers next year, I, I say you make the trade. Let him play out this year if he wants to. Take one more swing in it this year. If you can win, you win. If not, maybe it's not a rebuild. Maybe you free up $30 million, sign a guy. Maybe Jordan Love is the future. Maybe it's not a rebuild. But I hate to say it. I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the best player of all time. But I think next year truly is the year to move on. Hopefully it's not this year because, like I said, I didn't want that to be his last game. I did not want to see him go out like that. I want one more season because I truly think this team is good enough to win it all. It's definitely an interesting situation and something to keep your eye on. And I think that's a good stopping point for this conversation. And I think it's now time that we should bring on our special guest. So let's bring him on right now. Everyone, please welcome special guest, Green Bay Packers tight end, Dominique Daphne, to the show. All right, first off, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out of your day and coming to talk to me and all the listeners, and we're all very honored and happy to have you on the show, man. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you for having me. Of course. Before we get started, I just want to ask you, how's the offseason been, man? How are you doing? Uh, it's been pretty fun, you know, just... Spent time with friends and family for the first couple months and then went out to Nashville to train with Bobby and them for a month. And now I'm back in Green Bay just trying to, you know, get better, get ready for next season. Definitely. That sounds like fun. I mean, that's a good group to train with. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely – it was <laughs> – yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's yeah, it sounds it. Most right, definitely. Just a quick recap on your entire story. So for everyone who doesn't know, you were born June 3rd, 1997. You got a birthday coming up. <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks. In your hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. Now I have to ask, do you follow Carolina sports still? 
Uh, a little bit. Not as I much, have to obviously. Ask, are you a Hurricanes fan? Am I a Hurricanes fan? I am not. Ah, that's too bad. I was going to say, they're in the playoffs. I saw you were born in Carolina. I was yeah. Like, I <laughs> yeah, I saw that. But, you know, not really uh, not really been paying attention. <laughs> All right. So you began your career at Iowa Western Community College, where you spent one season as a reserve wide receiver before transferring to the University of Iowa as a preferred walk-on. You then went on to play two seasons, mostly on special teams with the Hawkeyes, before transferring to Indiana State after your junior year as a graduate transfer. In that season with the Sycamores, you rushed for 439 yards and caught 15 passes for 196 yards and scored seven touchdowns and were named second-team All-Missouri Valley Football Conference at fullback. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a long road, that's for sure. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a lot of transferring, but hey, you got to <clears> do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, just was trying to play football. That was pretty nah, I don't blame you. And then coming into about. the NFL, you're signed by the Indianapolis Colts as an undrafted free agent in August, and they were short released after that during the final roster cuts. But lucky for you, you're signed by the Packers to the team's practice squad in October 12, 2020. Yep. And then come December, you get activated to the roster for the Week 13 game against the Eagles, but then are reverted back to the practice squad after the game. But then finally, your time's come to shine. You're promoted to the active roster on December 12th. And on December 27th, you record your first NFL catch, a 13-yard catch, a pass from Aaron Rodgers during a Week 16 victory over the Tennessee Titans. Almost a month later, January 3rd, 2021, you already know what day this is, you caught your first NFL touchdown, where the defense just honestly seemed to completely lose you in coverage during the Week 17 win against the Bears. You want to just describe that real quick? What's that feeling like to score your first touchdown? It was, I mean, it was a feeling of relief for sure to just be able to be in that opportunity and to finally get to have that chance to, you know, play at the highest level. So just being able to score a touchdown, you know, catching a touchdown from a future Hall of Fame quarterback and just, you know, it was it was surreal for sure. And just obviously a date that I will never forget, like you said. <laughs> and I personally love the celebration. I love the scream. You could just see the relief, like you said. You were just like, I made it. This is it. Like, it was just, I love that scream so much. Yeah, I mean, that whole story that you just, the whole timeline that you just brought up, that was kind of that whole relief. Obviously, it was a long, weird path to take. And, there was a lot of ups and downs, so just that was that whole scream was just the relief of finally after five years of college football, and then of course the you know twenty twenty was absolutely nuts. So just after everything, you know, finally being able to be in that position was awesome. I can imagine, and I mean, like I said, the defense just seemed to completely lose you. Was that play design, or was that you just getting open and making a play yourself? I mean, it was the play was designed but obviously with Tay being in the slot he obviously is going to cause a lot of attention so with him being right there and he had crazy numbers in the red zone last season so they were just paying so much attention to him that they just forgot about me completely which I mean I saw a void so I just went to it you got that right I mean there wasn't a guy within 10 yards of you (laughs) yeah that was, yeah, it was pretty wide open. I mean, honestly, I'm really pulling for you. I can't wait to see what happens this year. 
I'm like, after last year, I was like, I like this guy. I like this guy. I want to have him on the show. It, just everything about you screamed just cool story, a nice guy. And I, I just loved your play. I loved all of it. Yeah, I'm very excited. Honestly, just very excited to be back here yeah, this OTA year. Starting, well, started today. Yeah. I mean, I've been here for a week already, but just being back in the facility and just being back in Green Bay is awesome. All right. So, I mean, if you don't mind, I got some. I asked the followers some questions that they would love to ask you. I'll just hit a couple, and if you don't mind answering. That's okay. All right, sweet. So, what has been your favorite part of playing in Lambeau Field so far? Um, you know, I had to name one. <laughs> I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot, but I think just getting to play in the playoffs and finally getting the fans there was absolutely amazing and of course a lot of my teammates were like yeah you don't even you don't even know just wait until this thing gets filled up so just even having a percentage of them there was great to just see their because they're crazy fans and they're great fans so I mean just to have a percentage of them there in the playoffs was great so I mean that definitely is something I'm looking forward to this season just to get as many in there as possible and hopefully get that thing packed up like it used to be Oh, trust me, man. I've been – wait till that stadium's packed. It's so much louder than it was last year. <laughs> yeah. It was – I mean, it was loud. I mean, it was loud then. And I'm like, it was, what, 60% maybe? Yeah, if that. So I'm like, if it's if it's only 60, maybe 60%, like I'm just only dreaming about what it's going to be like when people are finally able to come back for a full packed house and, you know, that everyone's just going to be just excited about – coming back to finally being able to see a game. And then, of course, we're going to have that energy of finally being able to have a full fan, full Green Bay, out, full uh, Lambeau field out there. So, I mean, it's going to be exciting. Definitely. I mean, it's looking like we might have a full stadiums around the league too, so that should be very fun. Yeah, it should uh, honestly bring a lot of a lot of that joy back. Definitely. All right, I got another question for you. Do you have a best friend on the team? And if so, who is it? Do I have a best friend on the team? Um, even someone you just gel with since day one. I honestly think our tight end room is pretty tight as a like a whole. I feel like that's one thing I enjoy about the tight end room is like it's obviously we're all we all have a love for the game that brings us together. But then outside of this, outside of the the whole thing, you know, we just enjoy being with each other. Like the group chat is funny. The the uh, tight end room is funny. It's good vibes the whole time. So I feel like just our whole group is just a good time to be around, whether it's on the field, off the field, in the meeting room, or outside of the facility. Like I feel like we just gel really well together. Yeah, and that's something – I like how you touch base on the group chat and in the film room. A lot of people don't realize you're not just playing on the field together and then changing the locker room and weaving. You guys have a life outside of football, and you guys have a life, like, in the film room. You guys spend so much time together as, like, a tight end group, as a team. You really start to build a connection and a bond with some of these guys that, like, will last a lifetime. I mean, yeah. it's. I mean, like, today we were done at, like, maybe 1 o'clock. So, I mean, we have the rest of the day to just be regular dudes and hang out with each other and get to know each other. And, of course, having Zoom meetings, we're not with each other, so we're all at, at home so we're getting a chance to you know see where everyone else comes from and you know 
ask what's what's going on in their life and if anyone's got any interesting stories to show to share with everybody so it's 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 much more than football see i love that <laughs> all right i got another one is there a certain game you're looking forward to most this year and if so why hmm. um i just honestly or is it just the entire season in I, general? <laughs> yeah, I just i just want to play i'm just excited to be playing again to be honest, I've missed football so much and actually playing and just being on the field. But I don't know, I feel like me personally, I used to be a Saints fan when they had Reggie Bush and Drew Brees just because I enjoyed watching them so much. I feel like that's going to be fun to be able to be in that dome and probably the Arizona game as well, just being those, in those atmospheres. I feel like I'm just going to be really exciting. Starting off week one, you don't have to wait too long. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's see. What type of advice would you give to a younger athlete looking to accomplish what you've accomplished so far in your career? Um, well, first and foremost, you know, just continuously put in work, you know, just constantly critique yourself, just continuously feel like, you know, there's more work to be done. You know, never feel like never have that feeling as like being satisfied with anything regardless if you had like a good game, whatever, like whatever happened, just know there's more work to be put in regardless. And if, if like, that's your mental going into everything that we're coming into work, we're coming in to get better then you're going to go as far as you, like you're going to go as far as you can push yourself. So, I mean, that's first and foremost, that's most important. And then, you know, just don't be afraid to ask questions about things. Cause obviously in my position personally this is my first time last year and this year first time ever playing tight end so I mean at first I came in was you know a little anxious a little timid about asking questions but as things went on I'm like I I, asking questions is going to be the most important thing to keep me here because obviously learning the position and learning the learning the offense and everything inside and out you know the more I know the the more I can do. And of course, you know, the more you can do, the longer you'll be around in the NFL. Definitely. And I always see you posting on your Instagram and all that. You're always putting in work, which is awesome. You love to see that. And then, like you said, people don't realize, like, it doesn't come. You got to put in the work. It's some people are athletically gifted and sure they'll have a better chance. But most people, if you just put in the work, you can eventually get there. It's not impossible. You can always chase your dreams and make it. Like, you probably never, well, you hoped you'd make it to the NFL, but actually achieving it most people probably doubted you but here you are and you made it yeah half of that goes into like you said there are people who are you know athletically gifted just born like that i mean yeah that's cool but again that can only get you so far that's why i feel like asking questions is very important because a lot of people ask me what's the difference between college and nfl and it's definitely the mental aspect there's so much thrown at you so quickly. Like your install one is gigantic sometimes. So, I mean, you got to ask a lot of questions to make sure you're getting things right. And, you know, as long as that's just one thing that is very important is like making sure you're right on the mental aspect of the whole thing. So that's definitely one thing that'll help you if you're not, you know, just athletically four two jumping out the, jumping out the gym and everything. I just, that mental aspect can get you, get you farther than you think. Awesome, awesome. All right. So 
this is one of my personal questions, and I'm not sure if it was just a sign, if you had slim pickings, but was there a reason you chose number 49? Uh, I did not pick it. It was oh. given to me, and, you know, I obviously wasn't going to ask for anything. I was just happy to be here. So whatever they gave me, I was just going to run with it. I wasn't even worried about the number, to be honest. I was just ready to practice. I, was gonna say, I, I know a lot of guys have backstories to their numbers and reasons, like, why they went for that number. I didn't know if there was a backstory, if that was just what they gave you. Nah, they just gave me that. I, yeah, I wasn't too worried. I was more worried about getting my iPad so I can get in the playbook. So, See, yeah, I love that. But, <laughs> but I, and I know I have, I have a lot of people ask me, like, are you going to change your number? I'm like, nah, I feel like it's kind of a part of me now. I feel like I have to keep it. Oh, definitely. You look back at pictures. You look yeah. back at jerseys and everything. You're number 49 now. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people – like uh, lump me in with the number 49 and that's just yeah they like you said they see 49 and they immediately thank me so I'm like I feel like that's just a part of a part of me now oh yeah number 49 on the Packers is Dominique Daphne I mean, you can't change that now exactly <laughs> all right another one of my personal questions do you have any other talents or hobbies and things you enjoy outside of playing football um I know a lot of guys, I always see like Alan Lazard, MBS, all these guys are always streaming COD and stuff, and they're always pushing that on their stories. You got anything like that? Or I don't really play video games that much anymore. But uh, I guess growing up, there was a lot of, I would say I was more into the arts. So, you know, playing the drums, playing instruments and stuff like that, that was, that had a bigger aspect in my life. So, I mean, obviously once you do something like that, you're not just going to lose it. So I guess that's a different talent and something that I'm able to do. And that I'll probably always be able to do is play the drums and uh, probably play the saxophone a little bit. That's awesome. Not so many uh, people are able to do that. That's a yeah. talent right there. Might be a little rusty, but you know, <laughs> hey, like, they say, I could do. like they say, it's like riding a bike. Yep. All right, I got one more question. I won't keep you for too long. So, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, what kind of presence does he have in the locker room? And what is it like when you're finally meeting him? I know you said you were anxious switching to position, and you caught that sigh of relief when he caught that touchdown. But what's it like being around a guy like that? Like you said, a future Hall of Famer. Um, I mean, to me personally, it's like, I think I, I find it so... When I first got here, I find it so weird to be in a locker room with a guy like that. When I first got here, like you're seeing him on like commercials and stuff and, you know, all this. And it's just like he's right here, right next to you. <laughs> and that's kind of crazy to me, you know, little fanboy, you know, for a couple seconds or whatever. But honestly, like he's a laid back guy that I personally at this time could feel like I could ask him any question about the offense. So, and then as well as just asking him any question about football in general, just to become a better NFL player and like what, like he's done mentally to try and, you know, gain that extra to try and be better as a player. And just, he's definitely a guy that we all look up to and he's very, very helpful beyond, you know, football, beyond the football world. So, I mean, he's, Definitely a guy that I, I mean, 
I enjoy asking questions and talking to and hearing them coach guys up because I mean, he drops gems like every day. So that's just someone I enjoy hearing speak. Yeah. I feel like any current or former player that has played with him almost says the same thing. I feel like everyone says he's a guy you can approach. He's a great leader. He's a nice guy. He's never like judgmental towards rookies or first day guys. He's always very helpful. And I feel like the media portrays him as almost somebody who's very snappy and he's just not wanting to help. And especially with the whole situation going on right now, I mean, I don't want to touch base on it. This is your interview. But, like, it's definitely got to be, like, wow, that's really going on. Like, is he going to be there? Is he not going to be there? But, like, like you said, you feel close to the guy. He's a nice guy. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm, everybody's talking about that. I've been asked by – plenty of people when I went back home if I knew anything and of course I'm like why would he tell me anything <laughs> why would I know anything but you know it I, I actually don't like seeing people talk about him like that because like I mean, obviously we see him differently we see him every day so I mean just to hear people that don't get to see him every day or whatnot make kind of like comments like that I feel like that's kind of you know it's kind of rude I mean, why would you talk about someone you don't really know? But, you know, obviously he's not caring too much about it. We're really not, you know. We, we're we worried about what's in our facility, and we're worried about uh, what we can control. So I'm sure he's worried about the same thing, you know, just trying to get better and be better and be the best. And we're trying to get ready, and hopefully everything can be worked out, obviously. I mean, he's, like I said, if you travel famer, why wouldn't you want to play with him? Hopefully everything can be worked out, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, see. I mean, it's definitely very interesting. I mean, yeah. as a fan, and I'm sure, like you said, as a player, you want the guy back, and you really hope everything works out. But yeah. like you said, that's his reputation people are dragging through the mud. Guys reporting stuff just based off assumptions and what they're hearing. I mean, there's definitely, according to sources, coaches and GMs and all that kind of stuff have flown out to talk to him. Apparently there is an actual rift, I'm sure you've heard. But to the extent no one really knows, and like you said, the players are with him. The players have all said they think it's fixable. They don't really see it. And for that, people to just assume like that, it's pretty rude, like you said. And I don't know. It's definitely very interesting. You can't go anywhere without hearing his name right now. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> I literally get asked so much when I was back home, and I'm like, I am i don't know what to tell you. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just me. So that's the thing. Until he speaks, I don't know how anyone can really say anything. Yeah, that was kind of my message to everyone. It's like until he says something out of his mouth, I mean, there's no point of really trying to make a comment or anything. No, definitely. All right. I mean, I think that's a good amount of questions. I won't keep you for too long. I just want to first off again, thank you for coming on the show, Dominique. This has been a lot of fun, and I'm really glad I got to know more about you, and I'm sure the listeners agree with me. And I just want to say best of luck this season. Uh, stay safe, take it easy with COVID and everything going on. And I can't wait to see you on the field this year, man. I'm really rooting for you. All right, man. Appreciate you. Of course, man. Thank you again. Yep, no problem. Have a good day, man. You too. That was an awesome interview. Thank you so much again, Dominique, for coming on. We all really appreciate it. And so I just want to close out the first episode. It's been an awesome episode so far. I just want to let you guys know how you can find me on social media. We do have an Instagram now, at live from 1265 podcast. 
Again, that's on Instagram at live from 1265 podcast. Also, you could follow my Packers account on Instagram at green.bay.packers. Again, at green.bay.packers. That's going to be your complete Packers coverage from news, whatever, highlights, whatever you can name. It will be there. <laughs> and if you really want to follow my personal account on Instagram, it is at Trevor Johnson 08. At Trevor Johnson 08. I want to thank Anchor for allowing and making this podcast available to everybody. It's been awesome. It's such an easy app to use. If you guys are going to make a podcast, I suggest using Anchor. It distributes everything for you if you choose to let the app do so. It's really easy to use, and everything's just awesome on Anchor. Um, if you guys, I do, when we don't have a guest, I would love to field some of your questions and even play your voicemails on the show, and we could discuss it from there. I won't have you live on the show, but I'll play your voicemails, and I will respond to those voicemails. So, if you have any questions or comments either regarding the show regarding the Packers, regarding whatever, or you just want to call and say hi and say you like the show or whatever the case may be, please call this number, leave me a voicemail, and your clip might be played on the next show or the show after or whenever. So the number is 860-255-8272. Again, 860-255-8272. And you call that number, leave a voicemail, and you know, uh, say whatever, and then your clip might be played on the show. All right. I think that would do it for episode one. This has been a lot of fun. I cannot wait till episode two. Definitely follow the Instagrams. So that will be where you're going to find out when the next episode is. You can actually get some videos to go along with the audio. A whole bunch of stuff. So I suggest definitely following that. And thank you again and for everyone for listening. Thank you, Dominique, for coming on. And I'm planning on doing one episode a week, but like I said, definitely check the Instagram and we'll clarify and confirm as the time comes. I know right now it's the off season. There's not a lot of news, but we can definitely take some follower questions and make an episode. So yeah, thank you guys again. I hope you all have a great day. Go Pack Go!